Hello and welcome to In Stitches, the upholstery podcast for upholsterers by an upholsterer, telling your story and inspiring others. With me, your host, Robbie Richardson. I, it's a really great pleasure to welcome my guest today, Nicola Thomas <laughs> from Edge Upholstery. The reason I hesitated, because I live with a Nicola, who's Paige? Anyway, Nicola, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Robbie. Nice to be here. You, so, you failed to mention that I'm not just an upholsterer from Edge Upholstery. I'm also your protege. You, you are, yes, but I thought we could come on to that later. Okay. Oh, have I ruined a surprise? You have, yeah. It was a big surprise for everyone at the <laughs> end, you know, but never mind. You are my father. Yeah, you are my father, yes. And so, Nick, when, when you... When you were at school and you started out in life and you were coming up to school leaving age, did you have a, a plan for what you wanted to do? Did you have a career path that you wanted to do or were you completely clueless? Uh, I probably wasn't completely clueless. I think I wanted to be a writer. I was really in, like, I did English, so I was very sort of always reading and that is definitely what I wanted to go into. I probably didn't even know what upholstery was when I was in school, yeah. I'd never heard of it. So, so when you, when you, what would, when you started work, when you started out in the big bad world, yeah. did, you, did you go to university? Did you tell us about that? I did go to university um, and studied politics. Um, but after that, I still just had no clue what I wanted to do. So I was working in catering. I've worked in quite a few restaurants. And then I started uh, my own business with a really good friend of mine and we were making, designing and making bespoke underwear. Fantastic. T tell us about <laughs> that. Come on. T tell, us, tell us who you work with and tell us what, what you did because that must be interesting. Uh, so I worked with my friend Louise in Bristol and uh, she's now an amazing sort of a costume designer. But at the time we came up with this plan to make pants and we called ourselves Peachy Clean and we set up a little studio and everything we did was handmade. So we hand dyed all the fabrics, we hand dyed the trimmings, even our labels, we hand stamped them. Like we really wanted like the whole process was handmade, nothing done in a factory. And that's, that's what we did for about eight years, I think. Eight years, were you? Wow. Yeah. And, and, and um, I, I guess from that, you, you kind of run a successful business and you enjoyed that. When, what, what happened? What, what, what was the change? What, what? So, uh, two, was it 2008, wasn't it, when we had the recession? Yeah, it was indeed. I remember it well. And, yeah, and the bottom fell out of the lingerie market. It did. It went tits up, didn't it? it yes. Did. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, I was kind of like, I really needed to work out what I was going to do with the rest of my life. And one lingerie photo shoot we'd done, we'd got a load of furniture and painted it all white and covered chairs in white calico. And after the business sort of went, as you say, tits up, I just thought, oh, I quite enjoyed doing that a couple of months ago. I wonder if I could learn to do that. That's literally what started it. It was that. And there was also, I read an article in Vogue that was about women in upholstery. So there was Avian Daily was in it. And oh, what was that? It was the, that company called Squint that did. Yes, like, I know. Chesterfield. Yeah, yeah. So I, I read that article did those dining chairs 
and that was where the sort of the focus I thought that's that's going to be my life now. Cool cool and so how did you go from the um, lingerie uh, to upholstery? Yeah but how did how did you have the thought process to go from I really oh, enjoyed right, doing okay. that to, to getting getting into the trade itself what, what, uh, what I, ma I made a list I made a list of all the things I loved about my previous business so um, it was things like well I liked being my own boss I liked working in fabrics I liked making I liked there being sort of like a, an end product and somehow along with that Vogue article and that photo shoot I was like this that could tick all of those boxes so I then researched where to train and found uh, there, were, there weren't that many sort of schools around back then. I think I had the choice of, I don't know, maybe four. And um, I don't know whether she knows this, but I basically chose to go to Wendy Shorter because I read that she used to be Stanley Kubrick's PA. And that, <laughs> that swung it. I was like, oh, I bet she's got good stories. She does have good stories. Yeah. On the, <laughs> on, the very, yeah. <laughs> on the very first day there, I was kind of just like, when can I bring up Stanley Kubrick? And it, it turns out I had to wait until the first tea break and Wendy brought it up and I was just, yeah, enthralled. <laughs> <laughs> the upholstery bit was good as well. Yeah. So um, presumably you started right at the beginning from nothing. Yeah. On my first day, I realised as I picked up the hammer, I just thought, I really hope I like this because I've never done it before. Never held a hammer. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, you, and yeah. also, you'd spent good money to do the course. Yeah. And yeah. travelled quite and, a distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bristol to Hertfordshire. Yeah, yeah. Intense. And, and so, presumably, your first experience with a tack hammer went quite well. <laughs> Actually, I just remember thinking, God, this is much harder than I thought. And after the, the first few weeks of doing the course, I, I became convinced that I had arthritis because my hands just ached all the time. And I'd wake up in the morning, I couldn't make a fist. And I went to the doctor and I was convinced. I was like, this is my new career plan, shattered. This is awful. And it turns out that upholstery is just really difficult on the hands. And my hands were just like getting new muscles. Yes. So yeah. yeah, I've now got an intense grip, <laughs> <laughs> which is cool. Um, <laughs> which is cool. So okay, something rude, but I won't. Yeah, I I know. Mm -hmm. um, so you 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 went through to God, was it just le level two at that time? Wasn't it? They didn't have level three then. Uh, no, so they didn't have a level one. I mean, oh okay, level so, one. So it was level two, yeah. level three. Okay, and gotcha. I was. I think I just sort of. I was a couple of months into level three when I decided that I needed work experience. Yeah. And how did um, that go for you? Did you find it? Well, I remember being told by uh, one, of, one of my classmates that there was this weird guy in devices that was looking for an apprentice. And I, I was living in Bristol, so I was like, oh, devices. That's a long way. So I think I sent out about 30 CVs to upholsterers in Bristol and Bath and one to the guy in devices. And I got one response from the guy in devices and that was you. It was me, I remember it well. And you called me, in, you called Wendy in the middle of class and I had to go and speak to you and I felt like I was about five years old. 
I was so nervous. Hello. I was I was instructed to call. Uh huh. Um, and I, I remember you coming for the interview. Um, oh, do you want to do you want to share that story? Oh God. I think all of my interviews since I've been upholsterers, there's been some kind of disaster. So I was basically, yes, I was driving to yours and uh, I didn't have sat nav because this was quite a long time ago. And I got lost, ended up having to call almost in tears. I'd already smacked my atlas against the dashboard several times and sworn at it. So yeah, I got to the interview quite late, very red faced, very sweaty. And um, yeah, I got the job. <laughs> <laughs> you did get the job, but I did. Okay, you were the only applicant, and I knew <laughs> you were the very first person that I employed. Uh, yeah, I have to. I mean, I know this is um, not for everyone, but you were a pleasure to work with, and I miss you. Oh. So, so you worked for me for a couple of years, and I, I, I do actually remember your first day working for me because I. I gave you a chair to do, and I remember yeah. feeling very... Um, I was expecting to be sweeping up and making the tea, and I was like, oh, it's a chair. Yeah. And, and I just remember you feeling, sort of, oh, I can't do this, and I'm feeling a bit nervous. But and I think, I can't remember because it was a long time ago, but I think it took you sort of about a week to get it done, if not longer. It was quite a slow process. Yeah. I remember when you left me, you did a chair that was very similar, and you did it in a day. And I, I love telling that story because I just think it shows how people can develop their skills. And, yeah. And, and for, for me, as somebody that employed you, I was very proud of that. Aww. But enough about me already, already. <laughs> you, you, left, you left the wonderful Richardson and Page and you went and did something quite exciting, didn't you? I moved to London and went and worked at... Chapman's who have the Royal Warrant. So that was quite exciting. You did some pretty interesting stuff whilst you were there. I did. Not all of which I'm allowed to talk about, I don't think. No, you don't have to talk about any of it, but it was quite interesting and there were yeah. we all know about. Yes, very high standard. It was a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I did it. I mean, it wasn't all sort of listening to the archers and having coffee breaks like it was in Devizes. Uh, <laughs> so it's definitely a learning curve. Um, but I did enjoy my time there. And then I moved on from Chapman's and went and worked at a place called Farley, which is a prop hire company in deepest, darkest West London. And they have the biggest collection of antiques for hire in Europe. So they have some repro, but a lot of it is original. And pretty much if you've seen any sort of film that's made in Britain or Europe since the 60s, it's probably got something from Farley in it. They did like James Bond. Oh, in fact, I did something for James Bond. I did a headboard for Spectre. Uh, they, did, they did all the stuff for Harry Potter, all the stuff for Game of Thrones, all the stuff for Downton Abbey. Um, just probably... Superman, Superman 2, they did all the furniture and that. Yeah, they're just, yeah. No, that was guys. And also, because yeah, obviously I know you, so one of the things that, that must have been a, a great pleasure for you was actually having the, um, 
needlework and and sort of yes. that side of things that that yes. was a different avenue to which you were certainly doing with me and and presumably with Chapman's um, yeah, because no, you're, no. you're a very skilled lady in, in oh, that regard. Thank you. thank you. I do like to sew. So yeah, there was a lot. There was I uh, got to do a lot of darning and sort of fixing Victorian embroideries and tapestries and yeah, it was lovely good place to work and then I also got the joy of seeing stuff on television so and film okay so that, that made it exciting you left Farley in what year did you leave there do you remember oh I can't remember they all fade into one don't they at your it age did, darling yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I left Farley and went to Shoreditch Design Rooms and thank you that's when I first started teaching and I taught there for three years, teaching the AMUSF course and leisure classes and doing upholstery. And then I left there two years ago and that's when uh, my business partner and I, Claire McLean, uh, set up Edge Upholstery. Okay. This is something I, I do actually really love about you is, is that you, you, you went in quite a short space of time to teaching at a very high standard. How, how did you find that and, and and was it sort of like a did it excite you that you're doing it was it a pleasure to be doing it or did you find did you think I shouldn't be did you have imposter syndrome <gasps> totally oh my god yeah. totally yeah. and on my first day I was so nervous I was literally having panic attacks like every 30 minutes and having to shut myself in the toilet but you get used to it and well it's um, quite a nice room the toilet isn't it well, that's not what you meant, is it? No, I spent a lot of time in that toilet. Yeah. And uh, which was unfortunately right next to the classroom. <laughs> they must have thought I had some terrible gut problems. But um, no, it was all nerves. Which I've, I've spoken to ex-students more recently and they were all clueless and thought I came across as confident and I knew exactly what I was doing, but nothing could have been further from the truth, really. Um, yeah, but I think that's true for a lot of people, to be honest. I think... I feel like that all the time. So I, yeah. I, I don't think it's a, an unusual thing. Yeah, I did enjoy it. Love teaching. Yeah. And I made a lot of um, really good friends. A lot of my ex-students are now my friends. And one of them works for me. And yeah, no, it's a really good experience. You set up Edge. When did you set up Edge? The Edge, not the Edge. That's, that's something to do with you too, that's isn't it? That's you too. Yeah. We're yeah. just Edge uh so we set up so 2018 i think in the july literally okay. term finished and then graduation happened and then we were setting up the new workshop and and in terms of setting up a business and going out on your own what 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 have you what has been your real sort of excitement what what has the, been the thing that you you've made you proud about doing that um, I guess just finally having my own workshop yeah, and us having it exactly as we want it and, and it working. Yeah. And yeah. There was definitely, you know, there was, a, there was, there was a moment sort of a few months in where we basically upholstered, you know, all of our friends furniture and our friends of friends furniture. We were like, we need some proper clients because yes. we yeah. haven't got much going yeah. on. Yeah. And um, we got on the phone and we did cold calling, which was scary. Needed a strong glass of something before we did that. Yeah, but we literally that's... called around all of the antiques dealers, uh, uh, furniture dealers, 
interior designers. We we called everyone in the book. Wow. And then a, then so a, a CV. That's really interesting. So so presumably within that you had a lot of rejection and and how, how do you deal yeah. with that that side of things because sometimes it's quite hard when when people reject you i mean i mean I've, from personal experience i know it's quite hard well in fairness i mean because we were cold calling if people weren't interested i mean that's fine it would it would be it would be more gutting if they were advertising that they were looking for someone and then they turned us down but we were literally just like we've got nothing to lose and there were so many people that were like, oh my God, I was literally, I need a new upholsterer. I was just about to start looking. And it sort of snowballed from there. Yeah. So um, a couple of questions here. So for someone starting out in the trade, yeah. what advice would you be giving them for someone that, I mean, maybe just starting out on their, their uh, first year in, the AMU course or just starting out generally what what what, what do you think uh, are the, the key students, things that you've learned so for students I would just say practice yeah a lot especially with sewing skills a lot of people are scared of the sewing machine don't yeah. be scared it is your yeah. friend yeah yeah um yeah. try and get work experience and try not to be disheartened if people don't want you because yeah. it is difficult because obviously for especially small upholstery upholsterers taking someone on you know it takes a lot of time and money to train people up so not everyone is open to that yeah but they should get that okay yeah stop them from trying that's what i would say yeah. okay and maybe and they'll find a weird guy in devices that's yeah there's lots of weird guys in devices <laughs> or is there just one i can't remember but <laughs> Um, and a, a, a couple of other questions. So, what projects is, are you proudest of? What's in the trade? What, what, what's the thing you're proudest of doing? Ooh. Well, recently I did a pair of finial chairs. I think they are F, FJ45s. Okay. And I upholstered those for a mid century modern uh, fair in China and they were covered in quadrat. They were very delicate chairs. They were very old and they were made of rosewood and they were worth an absolute ton of money. And they had to be completely perfect. So upholstered in quadrat and they sold in Shanghai for basically the price of like a down payment on a house. So that yeah. was quite... Yeah. That's, that's, also, that's cool. yeah, expensive. Yeah. Very nerve-wracking. Lots of tiny tacks. Yeah, yeah. I kind of know that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, um, I really... Uh, that, um, that walling job we did down in... Was it West Stafford? Yes, yeah. In that gold silk, that was, that was quite an impressive... That was a cool job, yeah. 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 Was, again, better not mention who that was, but it was a very yes. good job. <laughs> um. The upholstery usually has a story found inside the furniture. Have you got one? Yeah. Yeah, and it's when I was working for you. Do you remember we found inside a sofa, it was like a, it was a very old, I'm guessing 1940s, because I don't know whether you know, I've got a background in lingerie. Uh, 1940s suspender belt, silk stockings and a bullwhip. Were you with me when we did that? I didn't know that. Oh. 
Yes, that was a very um, enjoyable time, wasn't it? I remember just, oh no, no, that's another story. Um, <laughs> that's, I'd forgotten that. I didn't realise you were with me when that happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, generally that's all I find inside uh, sofas and chairs is loose change, sweeties and, and like, cigarette papers. Yeah. Yeah, biscuits are my favourite, but there you go. I um, really want to be the upholsterer who finds the diamond ring in a chair. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I have found a ring. But oh, you hear those stories. Yeah, I um, found a, what are those horror, I don't like them, the signet rings. I found one of those, which was worth oh. But that was years ago. Anyway, it's not about me, it's all about you. Um, it's always about you, really, Robbie. Well, of course it is. Even um, when it's about me, it's about you. Exactly. How do you like to relax outside of upholstery? <laughs> relax? Yeah, um, I run my own business. And I have two darling stepdaughters. Um, if I'm not doing upholstery and they're not here, I'm probably just hiding in a dark room drinking gin. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good, good, good answer. If you could give your younger self an insight and advice, what would it be? Stay away from weird men in devices. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I think we'll say goodbye. <laughs> but it's, Nicola, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, Bob. Right. Cheerio.